Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Is there another top quarterback on the market? What's wrong with the Boston Celtics? Plus, can the Los Angeles Chargers follow in the Buccaneers' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In what has been an offseason full of star quarterbacks, throwing shade or even firing shots at their team for what they are or aren't doing. It is time to add Russell Wilson to that list to the point that now reports have other teams calling Seattle to see if they might be able to pry their star quarterback away from the Seahawks. Joining me now, Corbin Smith from Locked on Seahawks to break this down. And Corbin, for people who haven't been following this closely What is going on here? What is Russell Wilson's problem with the Seahawks, and and what did he say? Well, it's interesting because when you consider Russell Wilson's past, at least the first eight years he was in the league, he was usually – some people would say he was robotic with his responses. You weren't going to get anything inflammatory about the Seahawks, and yet this is now the second straight offseason – I don't know that last year was necessarily inflammatory, but he came out saying we need to add superstars, and he was talking about wanting to have a more up-tempo offense with more emphasis on the passing game, similar to what the Chiefs operate with Patrick Mahomes under Andy Reid and company. And so now we get to this week, less than 24 hours into free agency after the Super Bowl has ended, and there are reports surfacing that Russell Wilson's camp it's interesting. It's, you know, these quarterbacks all have their own camps. It's, it's just that's when you know you're talking about NFL royalty. But anyway, right. <laughs> his camp was coming out, and they were frustrated about the way things were going in Seattle, in particular with how many hits he's been taking. And if you followed the Seahawks closely, you know that this has been a major issue throughout Russell Wilson's time in Seattle. He's been sacked almost 400 times since they drafted him in 2012. What's particularly interesting about Russ too is you mentioned the the robotic answers and he, you know he was he was captain cliche for a while and then his contract was was getting to come up and it's like oh yeah Russ is out at spring training doing this thing and it always felt like there was some subtle like hey I could always go play baseball like really under the the radar kind of quiet stuff this is the most overt he's been about saying look I'm going to try and exercise my leverage here, and we could get to a point where where there's a, a boiling point here. So I'll I'll put it to you this way: What are the chances that Russell Wilson actually does get traded from the Seattle Seahawks? So this is the way that I interpreted his comments on Tuesday. I don't think that he wants to leave Seattle. I think he wants to stay with the Seahawks. I know there are a lot of big NFL media people out there saying he's got a foot out the door. I don't think that's the case. But I do think that he is giving some warning shots right now to John Schneider and most notably Pete Carroll and saying, we need to make a deeper run in the playoffs. We need to at least get back to the NFC Championship game. And in the process... You guys need to do a better job of getting this offensive line set up to be able to protect me. If those two things don't happen, if this team takes a step back next year, they're coming off a 12-win season, even though they lost the first round of the playoffs. They had a very successful regular season. If they take a step back and that pass protection does not improve or the 
front office doesn't show they're willing to make the moves they need to to upgrade that offensive line, then I think what Russell Wilson was hinting at is my stance could change a year from now when he's only got two years left on his contract. He's going to be 33 years old at that point. And so my viewpoint is he wants to stay in Seattle, but I think he realizes, you know, I'm nearing the end of my prime year, so to speak. I'm halfway through my NFL career. This is a point where there needs to be some urgency within the organization. And if they don't show that they are going to make the moves necessary to put the talent around me, particularly up front, if I'm Russell Wilson, then I'm thinking maybe I do need to be traded somewhere else and I can use that power that I have as a franchise quarterback and one of the biggest names in the NFL to force my way out. Next offseason, also the likeliest, soonest possible time the Packers could decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Just something to keep in mind there. Jason Tatum's playing great. Jalen Brown is breaking out. Yet the Celtics, even with a win Thursday night, are just barely above 500. So what's going on? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball, baseball is going to be here before you know it, hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Philadelphia 76ers and Portland Trailblazers needed every second to decide their game last night. A bad pass from Ben Simmons with 1.4 seconds left and Philly down two basically sealed this one for the Trailblazers. That after some clutch free throws from Carmelo Anthony. The host of Lockdown Blazers, Mike Richmond. Blazers just got their best win of the season, powered by Carmelo Anthony, who scored 17 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter. None more important than two free throws yet with three seconds left to give the Blazers their lead and seal the win. Robert Covington, a crucial steal on the last possession for the Sixers, deflection to win the game for the Blazers. And they won this game. They beat a good team, the team with the best record in the East. Uh, maybe not a lot of people saw this coming, but the real takeaway here is they won this game on a night that Damian Lillard was 6 of 21 from the floor. He still finished with 30 points and was pretty good. Um, had some crucial buckets down the stretch. But if they can win a game where their bench dominates a team and Dame doesn't shoot well, misses 15 shots, 6 of 21, they're going to have a lot more nights that we can call their best win of the season. This was a good one. Check back to Lockdown Blazers for more. Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer is defending his hire of Chris Doyle, a former strength coach at the University of Iowa who was accused of making racist remarks, belittling, and bullying players. I'm going to be very transparent with all the uh, players like I am with everything and uh, listen closely and learn. And also there's going to have to be some trust in their head coach that we're going to give them the very best of the best. And time will tell. You know, once again, a, a player that's hurt and not performing or not maximized with strength and uh, 
prehab ability so they're getting hurt or they're not performing at the highest level, I think, is a high priority. You know, the allegations that took place, I will share I vetted them. I've known the person for close to 20 years, and uh, I can assure them there will be nothing of any sort in the Jaguar facility. Tony Wiggins, host of Locked on Jags, has your local reaction to the press conference. Urban wants people to trust him. He wants his players to know that none of that stuff will be tolerated in the building. He so much has said that. It won't be. It still doesn't mean, though, that people won't have questions and people won't just ask why. Why? Why can't you just get another strength and conditioning coach? We'll see what happens and how it all shakes out here in Jacksonville as we move forward. For more reaction on the hire, subscribe to Locked on Jags wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Combine is not happening this year. However, one training company is putting on an event that's going to look a lot like it. Exos, which is training more than 130 NFL draft prospects this offseason, will host a two-day pro day on February 26th and 27th in Arizona, Texas, and Florida that will simulate a combine setting. The work will be filmed for distributions for teams via agents and players. NFL rules prohibit teams from visiting third-party training sites due to competitive inequality. Tennis fans will be locked out of the Australian Open as the state of Victoria prepares for a five-day lockdown amid a growing COVID-19 cluster in Melbourne's outer suburbs. The outbreak began at a Holiday Inn at Melbourne's airport last week and has now risen to 13 cases on Friday morning with the state's active case tallying at 19. Yes, that's right, 19. The Victoria cabinet met and decided the safest course of action was to return to stage four restrictions and place the state back into lockdown for a minimum of five days, meaning fans will be unable to attend the Australian Open until at least the corner final stage in week two. Here is another story you need to know. The Boston Celtics took down the Toronto Raptors 120-106 last night at the Garden, and yet they're still just 13-11, and and guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are playing well, but this team has not quite put it all together. Joining me now from Locked On Celtics, John Corrales is here to help me figure this out. So, John, there are some individual pieces playing well here, but the team has not coalesced the way that I think a lot of people thought they would. Are you surprised by what has been an uneven start so far in Boston? Uh, actually, not really, because they, they haven't had their full team yet. They started out the season without Kemba Walker. And then when Kemba Walker came back, he found a Jalen Brown that was really playing uh, at a level beyond what he had played at any point last season yep. and playing a different style. You know, Jalen Brown is playing above the free throw line a lot now. Uh, catching the ball off of picks and, and handoffs and, and going downhill and as opposed to waiting in the corners uh, as he was most of last season. So not only did Kemba miss a lot of time, he came into a team that one of the players was playing such a different style that, that Kemba now has to adjust his game. He's had to do it on a minutes restriction. And on top of that, Marcus Smart is missing a significant amount of time, hasn't played in February. Jason Tatum was out. For a while with the uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's missed a couple of games. So we haven't seen who these Celtics can really be yet. We have seen what Jalen Brown is capable of, though. I mean, averaging 27, uh, five and a half and three. He's been phenomenal. And all of the discussions about what he could be um, that that I'll be honest, I, I sort of dismissed out of hand. I was just like, nah, he's not going to be Paul George. And yet here he is doing a pretty good Paul George impression 
Do you think that that his development, once these guys get back, could be that missing piece that gets them, you know, a little bit beyond where we have seen them over the last few years? Yeah, what Jalen Brown gives the Celtics is another dynamic wing scorer. He can do a lot of the same things that Jason Tatum can do, uh, which is really going to put pressure on, on opposing defenses. That ability to get downhill, that ability to put up, pull up from the mid range, uh, and a night like they uh, against the the Raptors here, uh, when they they do take away some of what he's trying to do, and when he does have a cold shooting night, he can pass. Jalen Brown's passing has been phenomenal this year same with Tatum by the way they combined for 19 assists against the Raptors if you try to take away what those guys can do the Celtics do have other guys that can do some things some good role players and this is why the whole injury thing is is such a big story I know a lot of teams are dealing with injuries but when the the Celtics are asking guys to play outside of their normal roles that becomes a problem but when those guys can just play their regular role, catch and shoot like Peyton Pritchard and Shemi Ojale, catch and shoot, don't try to do too much, then that can enhance what the Celtics have. Jalen Brown's ability to find those guys is a bit of a revelation. Jalen Brown's ability to do all of these different things has really opened things up. And once they're whole, giving the Celtics those two dynamic wing scorers like every team in the league is trying to find, is really going to make them difficult to defend. Can the LA Chargers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And why not? When you've got names like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And yet, They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It is a miracle of modern science. I'm telling you these things are the best. I have tried every protein bar on the market in my life. Nothing holds a candle to Built Bar. They truly are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Last time the Chargers were in the Super Bowl, Justin Herbert was still three years from being born. And believe it or not, Phillip Rivers had not even started to have kids yet. Could they go from seven and nine, just like they were last year, to the Super Bowl in 2021? Locked on Chargers, Daniel Wade has the case for them to do it just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chargers, much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, could go from a 7-9 team to being in the Super Bowl the next season. This might seem a little bit far-fetched and a lot of things are going to have to go right for the Chargers to make this happen, but with the rookie quarterback Justin Herbert coming off of his ridiculous first season and a new coach Brandon Staley, there's a lot to be excited about, but the growth and continued development for Justin Herbert is number one, the most important thing that has to happen with a new offensive coordinator a new coaching staff for the team. If he regresses, the Chargers don't have a chance. But the other thing is, he can't do it himself. The Chargers had the worst offensive line in the NFL in 2020. They were 32nd in ESPN's run-blocking win rate. They were 31st in their pass-blocking win rate. 
there were almost no redeemable qualities for the Chargers' offensive line, and three of their starters are headed into unrestricted free agency. The Chargers really have to consider using their 13th overall pick this year on an offensive lineman. They haven't done it since the 2013 draft when they decided to draft DJ Fluker. And you're not going to continue getting a better offensive line unless you spend serious capital on it. Maybe that even includes trading for Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, all options have to be on the table for the Chargers to protect this young asset that they have and one of the young great players in the NFL right now. So if the offensive line gets much better, the Chargers will have a chance, but they have to make the playoffs first before they can get to the Super Bowl. And to do that, they're going to have to win inside their division. They are 3-9 and nine since the start of 2019 in the AFC West, and that's just not going to cut it because you have to knock off the Chiefs eventually, and that starts in the regular season. Yes, you could pull a Buccaneers and lose twice and then go back and beat them in the playoffs, but you have to be able to match up with them. So that's the standard right now in the AFC. The Chargers have to aspire to that. And to hang with them, of course, the offense has to be good. But as we saw in the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what did they have? They had a really good offensive line. The Chiefs did not. And they also had a good defense. I mean, the defense was the MVP of that game. So for the Chargers, it starts with Derwin James and Joey Bosa staying healthy. The two have only played in five games together since James was drafted in 2018. They're also going to have to hope for bounce back seasons from guys like Casey Hayward Jr. and Chris Harris Jr. That is going to be so important, including the development of other young players on this defense that could grow into bigger roles in year two in a new defensive scheme with Brandon Staley. The Chargers are a long shot to make the Super Bowl next year. They are the sixth most likely team to come out of the AFC, so it's not totally unthinkable, but all of these things are going to have to fall into place. If the defense can come back and be dominant in 2021, if the offensive line can be competent, the Chargers absolutely have a chance from being a sub-500 team to making the Super Bowl the next season. As has been the case with all of these teams that we've gone through over the course of the week, the quarterback is the thing. If you get the quarterback right, you can be in a position to win the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert coming off a rookie of the year season, and you bring in Brandon Staley. The Rams had the best defense in the league last year, and you have a ton of playmaking talent on that side of the ball with this Chargers team. So if the defense can be a little bit healthier, Derwin James gets back. He is the ultimate chess piece for someone like Staley to, to utilize and move around. You have that front with, with Joey Bosa. We know what he's capable of doing, can take over games by himself. So you put all that together, you add in playmakers like Keenan Allen up front, Maybe you're able to get a little bit of offensive line continuity. And all of a sudden, I know they play in the same division with Patrick Mahomes, but all of a sudden, this is a really talented team with a quarterback on the rise. This is my sleeper team in 2021. Of any of the teams that we've done, I'm looking at them going, if you want to bet on these things, the futures, that kind of stuff, this is the team I'm putting money on because they could take a huge leap in 2021. And finally, the Miami Heat beat the Houston Rockets 101-94, but that wasn't the story. Jimmy Butler recorded his sixth triple-double for the Heat. That passed Dwayne Wade for second-most triple-doubles in franchise history. Wade played 14 seasons with the Heat. Jimmy Butler is in his third, but both good Marquette alums. Now that you got your news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, who is the NBA MVP right now? That's the question. We kick off a heated debate. So at least until tomorrow, 
Stay locked on today.